What is up, motherfuckers? <laughs> Welcome back to Foreign Talk, episode number five. Five. Five, I think. We're here with my friend, Julian. My bro. Super excited to have you here, man. Nice to meet you, finally. Yeah, we planned this one for a while. Yes, bro. Um, but yeah, no, so this is going to be a very, hopefully, controversial episode. We have a lot to talk about. Um, I mean, bro, I'm, I'm very excited because you first, you know, told me about you a couple of weeks ago, but I know you're a very busy man. You're all over the place. I've mm-hmm. uh, seen pics on your Instagram, <laughs> flying first class with, a, who was it, Charles Oliveira? <laughs> and I was like, fucking hell. Um, so I'm very excited, bro. I'm going to pick your brain a little bit. And uh, thank you for taking the time out of your day yeah, to sit sure. down with well, us. Okay, man. Thanks for having me. Um, so, bro, if you just want to start, um, you know, for people who aren't familiar with you and I kind of, you know, I've been checking you out, like I kind of work out what you do now, but, you know, you just want to give us a background on, you know, who you are, like what you do. Yeah. So, um, I'm from Australia and I was born and raised there, have moved to Dubai like four or five years ago. I initially started like in the, the music business. So, when I was younger, I was a musician and then I transitioned to being a promoter. So, I moved into music festivals. And then from there, I transitioned to being into music management. So I started representing artists, producers, songwriters. And then um, as that was going on, I moved into investments. As the money was coming in from there, I started investing in all, all sorts of different things. And yeah, now I'm in Dubai and have just basically been retired the last few years and trying to figure out what's next. <laughs> so when you say music festivals, what were you, what were you doing exactly? Yeah, so I, I started as a musician and I started um, gaining momentum when I was really, really young. So I was like 14 mm. and I didn't really want to be an artist anymore. So I wanted to be involved in that world, but I didn't know what. So I made a music festival when I was like 15. What? Targeted. I think I read something about you being like, you had this big music festival in Australia. Yeah, yeah. So you were like MySpace or something, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I had the largest under 18s music festival in, in the country. And because I was so young, they only allowed me to do a festival that was targeted to 13 to 17 year olds. Okay. Because it wasn't legal for me to do anything uh, else. Yeah. So you were 15 years old when you yeah. put a music festival together. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. crazy, yeah. So, yeah, I did the music festival and. I started gaining um, popularity, like personally, and then you know financially, I started doing extremely well. By the time I was 16, I was a millionaire. By the time that I was pretty much 18, I lost everything. So I went totally broke. So you became a millionaire at 16, yeah, and then by 18, yeah, had lost it all, everything. What, what happened in between 16 and 18? So all right, imagine that you, and this is a long time ago, right? So if you make money at that age in that era when you don't have anyone else that's when was this like how long ago how, how old are you for now like 31 31 yeah. okay. okay so there was no like social media back then it was just starting it was myspace fake facebook was just slowly starting there was no instagram and there was no one no one else that was honestly below 40 that was making yeah. money so what happens? Nobody can tell you anything because you think that you're, you're the man. Yeah. You gain a huge ego because you're slightly famous and you um, are now a millionaire, right? At 16. Yeah, at 16. So partying seven nights a week, doing loads of drugs, um, making all the, the, the things. Honestly, these are things that I think anybody would have done at that time. I didn't have the right guidance. I didn't have the right mentors. I didn't have the right parenting. And so it was only natural what kind of happened to me. Yeah. I got... As I was, you know, partying too much, I then got into gambling. And then by the time I was around 18, everything was gone. Unreal. So you, you lost that pretty much from gambling. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not just gambling, but I was like, 
imagine seven nights a week partying. Yeah, no, yeah. 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 A little mix of everything. I had no understanding or value or, or concepts of money because the money just came in out of nowhere. I was too young. Yeah. Now you guys are lucky because you can just go on to YouTube and you can find any tutorial, any financial guru. Mm -hmm. All, all that, that knowledge is there. Now it's like, I mean, sorry, back then it's like there was nothing. So yeah. in order to learn that, that sort of stuff, you needed other people to teach you and there was no one else. Unreal. So, but at 15, how on earth do you, you know, most 15-year-olds are fucking around, you know, they, at school, their focus is, you know, they're just maybe starting to like girls, like, you know, chatting about whose house they're going to go sleep over that weekend. How on earth do you have, like, what do you think made you have that mindset, you know, I'm going to start a music festival at 15 years old? Like, that's just mm. wild to me. Yeah, and, and nowadays, then, yeah. And then it was successful, I'm presuming, if yeah. you... Yeah. yeah. I think, um, like, my upbringing was mainly the biggest factor. So I was raised by a single parent, my dad. We didn't have anything growing up. We were on and off welfare, housing commission, so didn't have a lot growing up. And so that was the, the driving factor of like, it doesn't matter whether it was a music festival or something else, I had to get out of that situation no matter what. And my main passion was music, but I, the, the artist thing was just too hard. And frankly, the music wasn't good enough that I was releasing, but I started learning marketing from the music project, which I then transferred to the music festival. I used all the money that I had made from the artist project, which I was like hustling as much as I could to sell music and to do all sorts of other things and then put it into the music festival just as a way to kind of get out of that situation. So I didn't want to get a job. I was too lazy in school. I got expelled from high school. This, I had to do it in any other way, and that, yeah. that was the way that I chose. I don't know how. Yeah. That is absolutely unreal. Crazy. I mean, I, yeah, I just, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Even I don't know. I look back because I feel like I'm a different person. I'm like, bro, yeah. you. And I feel like nowadays, like, the generation, like the younger generation is way more clever than, yeah. well, not clever, but they look at money in a different way than back then. 100%. So even that, the fact that you did it back then is yeah. really like yeah. surprising. If like you do it now, it's, I wouldn't say it's normal, yeah. but it's a lot more normal. Yeah, for sure, for at sure. 15 is still young, but like, look, it's like 16, 17 year old streamers that are killing it and yeah. they're making tons of money and they know how to invest their money and they're, it's, it's hard to be an idiot now. Like you've got to be extremely stupid to yeah. kind of like, fuck it up if you know what yeah, i mean sure yeah. but at the same time i'll still notice that there is still so many kids that you know even for me it's funny you saying that like i got into crypto when i was 16 for the first time and so at that point in time it was kind of like what you saying you know there wasn't any gurus really for me to watch there wasn't a whole lot of content on it i kind of mm. had to figure shit out for myself which year was that uh, 2016 was when i first wow. started looking at it and wow. so i'd already you know it had done its it, it had already done numbers from when yeah. it had first come out, but that's when I first started looking at it and I didn't really have, you know, all these videos that I could go watch yeah. all of, you know, like now you got crypto Twitter, which is nuts. All these influencers that drop free information. I didn't have all of that. And now I have kids in my DMS, you know, I'm, I'm so motivated, bro. I'm so down to get into this. Just help me out. And I'm like, fuck man, you have so much more resources and so much more access now if you really want to do it you just google it yeah yeah you literally just google yeah. it and it's all there yeah. like there's the fact that people are paying for these you know lessons and these you know paid groups and everything just kind of blows my mind because i'm like i was able to do it while i was still in school with way less information way less anything out there and they still are they still just don't get it so yeah i, I still think that although 
you know, the world now, the internet and everything made it so much more accessible and makes it so much easier for people to learn shit and do shit. There are still so many people that are okay with just doing fuck all. Yeah. Mm. We live in the easiest time ever for, for people to just be lazy because it's just so, it's too easy, especially like yeah. you're from Sweden. I think it's a pretty minimum wage is higher there, right? It's Australia is the highest in the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, I mean, we're up there for sure. We're up there. It's very easy living there. Like it's the, it's probably the easiest country to live in if you're broke. Yeah, it's a socialist country, yeah. the most I think in the yeah, world. So sure. you can live a but very. That's a problem though, because people get very comfortable, right? Yeah. yeah. And they don't really see that. Just okay oh, with that yeah. shit. I, yeah. I, I, saw, I saw the same thing happen in the U.S. when they started rolling out those first stimulus checks and everything. Yeah. Because it's enough to just you know sit at home and and chill. Mm -hmm. So people were like, ah, oh, you know, I'm, I'd rather do that and just be comfortable than like you know go out of my way and start doing mm -hmm. this shit. And because like a lot of people hated COVID. And they, you know, they're like, this is the worst time of my whole life. But I feel like if you had capitalized on that, that was, I mean, that's, I capitalized on it. And my life's never been the same since then. So I feel like you kind of have to make a, yeah. make a decision, you know. Don't you think there's been a new wave of wealth that has been created since then? 100%. Like, and I was even sure. thinking the other day, like the stimulus checks. So let's say that you saved up your stimulus checks. How much was it in the U.S. per month? Or does it vary depending on... It depends on the states and everything. But, bro, so, like, in California, for example, and this blows my mind, you could say, right, you could claim that... So, the first one rolled out, you get, like, 1,200, whatever. Everyone pretty much got that. Is that per month or per week? Uh, that was per month. Per month. But what then you could additionally go and do... So, this is, again, in California, it's the more liberal state, so it's more lenient. You could go and say that you are an independent contractor and you work for yourself. You could say, for example, I'm not saying I did it. <laughs> you could go and say, hey, I, I babysitted before COVID and I used to earn cash and this is how much I earned. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you, took you could potentially bring in 10 to 15,000 US. And this is when Bitcoin was at, you know, sub 20K or it was, you know, 20K and it before it ran yeah. to 60. And you could have potentially taken that 10, 15K Put it in Bitcoin. Yeah. Watched it five x. You know, lay back. Just yeah. an idea. I think that's what everybody did. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. Did. Absolutely yeah. unreal. But then there were also at the same time people that took that shit and Rodeo Drive was flooded. Mm. They take that ten k and go blow it on designer and True. have yeah True. no issue with it. Yeah. And I was just like, damn. The way that I was looking at it is, you know, everyone's on their phone, everyone's inside their house. Like, there's such an opportunity right now to capitalize on social media. Mm, yeah. No matter what it is that you do, but it's like if all the focus is there. So you're either a content creator right now or a content consumer. Yeah. Sure. Easiest time in history. And if hundred yeah. percent, like the fact that you were able to look into crypto in 2016, because I remember like 2017 was a big year for me when I, that was the the biggest year in terms of crypto returns. People think that it was 2020, 2021, but 2017 was another level because yeah. that's when ICOs started. And ICOs is kind of what NFTs turned into, yeah. but the returns on ICOs were just too easy because 2017, people really believed that within one year, crypto was going to revolutionize the world, that yeah. cash was going to be dead, and that all these new concepts and companies were going to yeah. basically replace the existing stuff, but then it never turned to fruition. Yeah. So. Yeah, 2021 and 2020 were big years, but the fact that you were on it at 2016, yeah. that's when all the people that I know, like half of them by 2017 were, they were retired. It was crazy, bro. So, I mean, that's nuts that you talk about like ICOs. Um, did you ever end up getting into any? And you, did, yeah. Do you remember the name Ian Bellina? Wait, I do, yes. He was a, a, he was a YouTuber. Yeah. 
I do. Yep. He's a he's a black guy, right? Yep. Yes. Yep. He was like the ICO god. So for anyone he that got, does, he got scammed. He yeah. got he got hacked for a million online while he was Damn. doing a stream. But yep. for anyone that doesn't know, an ICO is an initial coin offering. It's pretty much investing in the project before it's available to the public. Yeah. Like an IPO. Yes. Yep. Exactly. So it it essentially, you know, now it's changed because obviously 2017 was spastic, but you could get into these projects, right? And there was no cap really at this point. Like I know this one fucker that he got, there was Veritasium was an ICO. Yep. It's ICO price was $1. Yep. He got a million allocation into it. I bought into that project. Veritasium pumped to like four, 450 per coin. Yep. So essentially Damn. $1 million and the 450 pays to this day a that's motherfucker crazy, to sell yeah. off every yep. day because you can't, you know, obviously that's not really liquid. You can't, you yep. sell that, it's over. Yep. But that shit went crazy. And anything that Ian Bellina ever spoke about, bro, I was sitting there and I was like, that's how I ended up finding Solana early was because I was so focused on ICOs. I was like, this is fucking nuts. And that was pretty much just like so the that's wild when you way. found Solana? The, uh, after that, but because okay. I was so focused on ICOs, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you had, I don't know if you remember, one chain yep, that was yep, supposed to change yep, the world yep. and it ended up coming out in the bear and it didn't do so great. Yep. But that was like mm. every Tom, Dick and Harry was trying to milk that. But it's, it's weird because like hearing this perspective, I've never actually heard it, especially from somebody so young because it was so long ago. Yeah. And all the crypto people now have only gotten into it in the last year or two with absolutely no knowledge, no experience. You now have an app. There's apps for everything. Back yep. then, there were no apps. Yep. You could only go on a desktop browser. It was a lot harder to kind of figure out projects. And now it's just become so accessible to everybody. So yeah, that's why the people that got into those projects back then, if they were smart enough and they cashed out, because a lot of them crashed, right? Yeah. And they never recovered. Yeah. Did you sell? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I lost a lot of my money because again, I went in when I was a kid and I didn't, you know, I wasn't just handed 100K, yo, go run with yeah. it. So I got in with such little money. Um, I definitely made money. I don't know if you remember Verge, but they had a XVG. They had, I was in this Facebook group chat. It was when Facebook was still popping. And someone was like, you know, they dropped and they were like, buy Verge. I promise you won't regret it. The next in one over one night, 10x. So like even now, you know, you have the old season 21, 22, old yeah. numbers, but nothing's Not like, like that. 10xing yeah. overnight, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I had like 3,000 US that I put in, and I wake up the next morning, it's 30,000. You know, I'm yeah, still 17. Crazy. I, 17 yeah. I cashed that shit. I was like, I'm out of this stuff. Yeah. Um, so I made some bread, but I ended up losing a lot of it, honestly. And then Solana was an ICO that I tried to get into, but I was a nobody, so they didn't give me allocation. Yep. And because that's a, at that time, you know, it's pretty much if you're a nobody, you're just fighting for whitelist spots. Yep. And it's pretty much just, you know, you have a very slim chance of getting it. Yep. So I only got into the ICOs, especially like the most, because a lot of them were hyped before they even went out. Yeah. But I only got in because we went into pools with a lot of other people because you okay. need minimums. Yep. But I got burned on so many of those. Yeah. So, one that I went into, um, I've never spoken about this, but I put in some money into, I won't say the name of the project, but I, I, I maybe invested in five or six and out of five, like five of them probably went three, 400x. Damn. Unreal, bro. And this is within a span of a few months. Yeah. It, that's it, crazy. It was wild. I remember one of my friends, like he put in a thousand dollars into one and he made like within a month, 500k. Yeah. Like those wow. returns are wild and you yeah. just set yourself up for life. So... When I was going into these pools, you had to be really careful because a lot of your circle, like let's say we all went into a pool right now. Yeah. I don't really know you that well. I don't know you that well. We seem like we're getting along, 
But imagine it goes up, right? And whoever is holding on to those tokens and has to distribute them, they could then disappear. So I, I got yeah. burned a couple of times where I invested in one, it went up crazy. And then I got a call like telling me that they're going to take majority of the money. So I was like, fuck. So I had to learn slowly how to... Yeah. How to yeah. And that's a risk that you're playing with because, I mean, still to this day, a lot of crypto influencers, people in crypto don't want to be doxxed. They don't want to have their yeah. face out there. Yeah. They don't want to be known. Yeah. And, you know, so essentially they can still do that shit because that happens just in different formats now, you know, through like, you know, create a meme coin out of thin air, yep. run it up, drain the liquidity out of there. Yeah. Um, but before we go any further, I definitely want to go back to that stuff, but I just want to go back on uh, like your story and stuff. Yep. So you had the music festival at 15, became a millionaire at 16. And then from what I've seen, um, you know, it's not like your investments and stuff. So tell me a little bit more about that. Like now today? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, I so wanted what, to what ask you, you back then when you were 18, when you lost everything, how did you recover? Okay. Like, yeah. Let's get, let's yeah, get like the, yeah, the whole yeah. run up to yeah. it. So that was a, one of the most <laughs> worst possible times anybody could go through. So I wake up one day, um, I was dead broke and all these bills come in. So I've got, a, I've got this rent's due, this rent, this other bills are due. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do because I had just been living this crazy lifestyle for, for mm. two years essentially. And I was like, I'm done. The festival was still there and it still had a name. But I had your festival or my okay. festival, okay. yeah. But I had no more money to put it on and it costs oh, a lot wow. to put them yeah. on. So you want to drop the name of the festival? Or? Yeah, it was called ID. It was a long time ago. Okay, it was okay. ID under 18s. I ended up selling it later on because um, I needed that cash. But at that time, when I didn't have the money, I was like, what, what, what the fuck can I do? I, I cannot stay in the same energy of my city. I cannot be around the people that I know. I need to make some crazy changes. So I had a few thousand dollars left. Mm. Without thinking about it, I moved to New York. I just got on a flight, went to New York. And with that few thousand dollars, I had like maybe one month left to survive where if, if I didn't make something happen in that month, I was basically going to be homeless. New York is expensive and was very expensive back then. Um, and so what happened was, I don't know how, but I came up with this idea. I'll just break down the story really short. I came up with this idea where if an artist, like a musician, was coming to a country, they would have all these different ticket packages. So you could pay like a general admission or they may have a ticket that's a meet and greet. So I took, I bought a ticket to Justin Bieber's concert, a meet and greet pass, and then what I did was I created a website called meetjustinbieber.com. I then started running ads with, the, with this website that was basically advertising the chance to meet Justin Bieber. And so we started having all these, all these young girls, thousands of, of kids that were texting a number. And instead of them having to pay to, to, for that pass, they were basically texting a number and getting billed like $10 or $15 every time they, they texted this. Oh, word. wow. So that's how I got out of that situation. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and that became like a new um, company that I started. And we just took all the meet and greet passes for as many artists as we could around the world. And yeah. So you picked like one person out of all the texts that could that actually... Yeah, it was a lottery. Like it scaled, okay, it's, okay. it scaled up, but it was like initially, you know, if you have 20,000 entries, yeah. it was a lottery and somebody gets chosen. But then it started scaling up. Like you get cash prizes and somebody else wins second and third and fourth and fifth. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, uh, like a year, uh, around a year or two later, I ended up selling that company. Um, and because I signed a, um, a non-compete, I had to get out of that world. 
And then that's when I went back to the artists that I was putting on for these festivals mm. and asking them whether I could help manage them. So, so you started managing artists yeah. later on? Okay. Yeah. So I started managing artists later on and I'm not sure if you're familiar, but I, the first guy that I started working with, his name is, his name, his name currently is Timmy Trumpet. Yeah, the yeah. fucking uh, yeah. the DJ. Yeah. With, no yeah. way. So he's currently now, today, top 10 DJs in the world. Easily. Yeah. Um, I used to listen to him like years ago. Is, is he Australian too? He's Australian, yeah. Yeah, that's, and he, has, he always wears the hat. Yeah, and he's yeah, got yeah. The no yeah. way. He headlines every major festival, like any major festival in any city. Yeah. If you watch his stories, like every day he's in a new, new country, just headline act for everything. He's killing it. Um, then my childhood friend that I grew up with, he was a singer, and I decided to um, start using the same marketing tactics that I had for Timmy with him, and then he ended up becoming, like, he ended up blowing up as well. Oh, so wow. his name is William Singe. He had a really big career a few years ago. Um, he was a cover artist, so he started putting okay. covers online and became, in 2016, 2017, probably one of the most viral artists in the world. He had a huge, huge song um, called Mama. You'll probably know it if you um, heard Very, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but... As this money was coming in from the music stuff, that's when I started distributing it out and investing it into stocks and investing into property and all this other sort of stuff. Crypto at the same time. I got into crypto very early on, but it's only 2017 that I went all out and had those crazy, yeah, life change. That's unreal. I kind of like really how you dope. said though, yeah, that you know, you got to New York and you know, you were in that position where it's either life or death because yeah. like for some people, you know, they'll crumble or, you know, that's, Okay, I wasn't in that bad of a life or death thing, but like when I had my wake up moment, it's like I was in college just partying every day, and I was like, "This is pretty much death to me." Like, I don't, I don't want to do this forever, you know. So it's like yeah. either either perform and get out of here, or it's you know you're gonna be stuck doing this kind of shit for a very long time. And it's like I need pressure. Pressure is good for me, it, you know. A thousand percent. It ends yeah. up, you know, it builds you. It makes, and you also remember what that feeling is like. You don't want that feeling again. Yeah, that's true. Even Very to this true. day, like I've got a, a scarcity factor like inbuilt from losing everything. So that has made me extremely smart with my money now. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So you had that. Yeah. You have to go through it. And like that learning experience for me was like, luckily it was only that amount of money and not what I've been able to do now. Because had it happened now with ever going through that, imagine how much more depressed I would be now. Yeah. Probably would just kill myself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's fucked. Yeah. And then so, so we don't need to talk about the exact numbers that you're doing now, but I mean, obviously I see your stories and stuff and it's like, it, it looks like an absurd amount of money. So how were you able to scale? You know, obviously you took all that money, put into investments and everything, but like, it looks like you're doing incredibly well. So like, how were you able to scale to that point where you just fucking printing? Yeah. Well, look, the first business, the, the SMS um, competitions, mm. I ended up selling that and I made a good amount of money from that. So around the same time, I started investing into more safe assets. Like I bought my first property and I started learning about stock trading. Again, at this time, I'm only around 20 years old. So wow. yeah, <laughs> that's you crazy. can't even legally have a drink. Yeah, in I had your fake IDs. <laughs> and that's actually how I found out about crypto because I was in the US and I wasn't legal enough to drink. And so I needed to buy fake IDs. <laughs> oh my God. And, that, and how did you buy it on Silk Road? You bought it with Bitcoin. Yeah. So that's wow. how I learned about it. And yeah, Bitcoin at the time was worth like 20 bucks, even less. So I was having to buy this to, to buy my, like, you know, I used to smoke a lot of weed and I needed my fake IDs. And so 
as I was learning about Bitcoin initially, and then as the years went on, I started to actually see that it had a potential for what it could become. So the money's, you know, rolling in from the deal with the, the SMS stuff. I sell the company. Now I'm doing pretty well. Mm. Um, I've, I've invested in, into some more, you know, safe yielding things where I can make a, a monthly salary and really not have to think about things too much. Then the music stuff goes, starts going really well. And so I've got that money coming in. But I'm always, whatever I'm, I'm having come in, I'm always putting it back out. So towards the end where um, 2017 comes, that's when my life changed because I would say the ICOs. Like, I did, obviously, I, I, was, I was a millionaire before then, but that was just like an unfathomable amount. Yeah. Like, you know, if you put in $100,000 and it goes 100x, what is that worth? Yeah, it's like two million. million. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I invested into a lot of ICOs and I was also investing a lot into stocks and just, I was taking more chances in 2017. So by the time that 2017 was over, I would say that I had retired essentially and I was able to, I don't know, live, live how I am living now. But yeah. yeah, it's not all from crypto, but a lot, a lot was, yeah. What was your biggest return on an ICO? So um, I had a few and this is the other one I talked about. So I was one of the largest holders of Chainlink. Square. Yeah. I even know about that. I don't know about yeah. crypto, yeah. but I know about oh, Chainlink. It's, it's, <laughs> fuck, nah, it's yeah. not moving. But it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. So I got into Chainlink ICO, pre-ICO. So um, we got a good deal on that. You actually, when you used to get into the pre-ICOs and you'd have like a little pool, you'd get bonuses. So they'd yeah. give you like 20, 30% on Disgusting top. bonuses. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got into Chainlink. And um, it actually didn't do that much that year. So by the end of 2017, it had only moved from around 25 cents to like 70 or 80 cents. It hadn't, hadn't really re like made me that much money. And then crypto crashes. 2018, it was a very, very big crash. But during that whole bear market, I still thought that Chainlink was extremely undervalued and I kept buying more and more and more. So I became one of the large, largest holders during that period, but it was taking a really big risk. Yep. And so by the time that um, 2020 came around, that's when Chainlink skyrocketed. But for 2017, I got into Icon. That went... ICX. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three, <laughs> three, 400 times. Um, I got into another one called Populous. Have you heard of that yes. one? Yes. Yeah, that one did really well as well. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good year. By the end of 2017... And I was around 24 years old. I had 50 million. 50 million. Yeah. 50? I, 50, yeah. By the end of 2017, at 24, 25 years old, I had 50 million. And I'd only really invested like maybe max one or two. Yeah, that's when, wow. uh, when you're fucking around with those ICOs and shit with those returns. You don't, you really don't need that much. Like, you know, that's fucking hell. <laughs> That's so crazy. What you did was what I was trying to do in, in 2017. Um, but I got lucky, bro. Like the ICOs you could put in, like I said, my friend put in uh, with Icon. Yeah. He was watching me. I was like, oh, bro, I'm going to put in 200K. He's like, should I do that? I was like, what do you have? He's like, I've got 1,500. So he puts in his 1,500 and then it turns into 500K. Now, if you can take that wow. 500K and flip it again a few more times... Now you're worth 10 million. Yeah, and yeah, that's, what, for life, yeah, yeah. that's what everybody did just recently. It's like mm -hmm. if you had most people, I'd, I'd say, especially if you're in Dubai, you might have 
20 grand to your name, okay? You've made some money through social media or whatnot, and then you put it in some fucking meme coin and it goes up a few times, and then you buy NFT and it goes up a few times, and all of a sudden you're a millionaire. Yeah. And that's this new wealth creation that's happened. Like you see in Dubai, yeah. like 2017, there wasn't too many crypto millionaires, honestly. Like nah. I didn't see any. So my lifestyle changed a lot where I was traveling around the world, going to crazy hotels, spending loads of money. And everybody that was around me, like in these places, they were all still a lot older, 40 years old, 50 years old. I was always the youngest yeah. with money whenever I went to these sorts of places. To me, that's one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah, it was really cool. Being the youngest in but the room. But now, since... 2020 i've gone back to those same places and everybody's under 30 that's crazy everybody because everybody's become a crypto millionaire yeah. especially in dubai bro oh for sure you see that right yeah, yeah. like yeah. all my friends around me my two one of two of my closest friends here are like you know this guy and another crypto guy so there you go how long have you been here i've been here for three years now three years three okay years. yeah so you came 2020 yeah yeah, yeah. but i wasn't in crypto, back crypto then, took though. off are you <laughs> no not really like i had some but i wasn't really like because i was so focused on my fitness stuff yeah. But I wish I, you know, opened my eyes into the crypto stuff because, I mean, you also will happen, you know? But th this is the thing, like, these things that happen to me, I would, I would call a lot of it luck and chance. Yeah. Yep. And so we can't look at crypto, and I don't look at crypto as a way to get wealthy. It yep. shouldn't be. Like, no, no. it's just a game that we all played, and some of us got more lucky than others. Timing is a big thing. Like, you got in 2016. Yep. You got lucky with that timing. 100%. But you should never look at crypto as like, people think that it's a career. Yeah. It's not a career. Yeah. I like, you need to have a real fucking yeah. purpose in life. I like that you say that though, because I've said that so many times that luck 100% is going to play a massive role in success, but you have to put yourself in a position to get lucky. And like you say, you know, from 15 years old, creating music festivals, you've definitely done that. You know what I mean? So mm. ICOs were accessible to anyone, you know, the internet was there, anyone could have done it, but you just got to put yourself in that position in order to get lucky. 100%. That's yeah. fucking nuts though. I had no yeah. idea he was going to hop on the pod and have been in ICOs and shit. That's crazy. Yeah, me too. I would sit there and I would watch Ian Bellina and I was like, anything this fucker talks about, I'm in there, bro. There's a fucking B yeah. token, one chain, this and that. Yep. And then I watched him get hacked on live stream for a million dollars. And he since disappeared, but he's definitely so well paid because I didn't I mean, know it was live that it happened on a live stream. Crazy, he's watching crazy, his wallet yeah. just gets drained. And I mean, so I haven't seen him. He's not really around anymore. I think he's got like a newsletter, like Tokenomics or something. Lost it all, <laughs> I, bro. I mean, to be honest, unless he really fucked that up, mm. because even then, you know, like you're saying with bonuses and shit, these projects must have given him because he had a spreadsheet at the time where he'd have a spreadsheet and he'd have you know. How much yellows money, project, right? yeah, and he, and he was yeah. have like yellows and okay one, green is this, and then like okay. this is mega fucking button, bro. That spreadsheet, I would study that like the back of my hand, and I was just like anything I would, and I know that there were thousands of cunts doing the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So he must have been got paid a discuss, and he, bro, every fucking week he had a new ICO that, and he was getting allocation of yeah. 100k wow. to a mil. Yeah. So unless he really fucked that up, you know, he, he should be okay. And yeah, I mean, I, I feel like sure. that's why he's fucked sure. off because he's like, I don't care anymore. Maybe, but I also think like I watched a lot of my own friends, 2018 came. I feel like this latest crash hasn't been as bad as 2018. 2018, nah. like people got wrecked and those coins never recovered. Yep. So even if you had like 5 million, 10 million dollars, by the end of 2018, you'd be lucky if it'd be worth 500K. Yeah. If that. Yeah. So had you been invested in Bitcoin or Ethereum, okay, you would have recovered. But all the other ones, like yep. Icon, 
never recovered. No. Populous never recovered. Veritasium never recovered. Never. So you you could have been worth yeah. 50 mil. And this is what happened to me. So end of 2017, I'm worth 50 mil, but it's not liquid. It's in crypto. And so I've started changing my lifestyle to start spending into, you know, I want to enjoy this money. Yeah. Then 2018 comes and there's a big crash. So it hit me just the same as it hit everybody else. And yep. that was a great lesson for me going into 2020 to understand the same that maybe it happened for you that that's why I'm no hodl. I'm yep. no hodl gang. I can't do that <laughs> shit anymore. No, I was going to ask you like, because I see you post recently about like you investing a lot of stuff, but you don't invest in any crypto right now. Yeah, yeah. So why is that? Um, I think that crypto... And hopefully this doesn't offend you or anyone else. Nah, bro, I'm not a yeah. maxi like yeah, that. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, playing the game like yeah, everyone else. Yeah. I don't actually want it, like we're talking about it, but I don't want to be known as a crypto guy. And I I don't know like what crypto really is rather like rather than speculation. There is no intrinsic, intrinsic value for crypto in my opinion. If we're going to talk about blockchain te te technology, mm. um, that has a value and a purpose. Yeah. But in terms of the actual like Bitcoin and Ethereum, w w what is the value of it? Do you know what I mean? So I think that um, come 2020 and 2021, I was invested and I did really well during that time as well. But seeing it just skyrocket how it did and then hearing all the conversations at dinner, like being out with 19-year-old girls and they're telling me about their crypto portfolio, yeah. that's when I was like, okay, I need to sort of like dip out of this because I don't know when... People are, are talking about crypto as if it's like it still has a potential to become something, but it's already here. Like it already has become something. Everybody has Binance on their phone. Everybody is a trader. Everybody will have some some amount of Bitcoin. And so when it just became too widespread like that, I don't know, I felt like it just became a bit of a yep. joke. And look, there's still a lot of money to be made. But for me, I just would rather invest in solid companies, which yeah. is stocks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sense. my opinion, to be honest, has changed a whole lot on crypto over the years like when i first got into it i was like oh you know fuck the system this now i was like this actually looks good like i genuinely that's 2016 2017 i genuinely yeah. like believed in it but you know as i've you know got bigger and bigger in the space and you know i know a lot of the insides and shit now because i'm influenced and i do that my opinion has shifted a lot because the more and more you know you get to know the more and more you know fuck, this is just as corrupt as traditional shit. 100%. Like, this is, you know, there's just as much insider going on here. There's just as much bullshit. The one thing that I hold on to is that Bitcoin still to this day is the only finite asset known to man. Yep. You know, it has a supply and that supply will never be able to increase. You know, a lot of people say gold, but, you know, gold deposits are still being found to this day. Um, so for me, there's that, you know, and like you say, now you see all the shit going on in France and, you know, even the U.S. when the bank started tweaking a bit, first thing people do is rush into the into the bank, try and get cash. And the majority of cash is, you know, it's fake. It's printed out of thin air. It's, yeah. you know, it's useless. So for me, I still hold on to that. And like if you had asked me in 2017, 2016, I would have told you this is 100 percent, you know, 10, 20 years from now, everyone's going to be using this yeah. now. I still think that there's good money to be made. I still think that we'll have another, you know, one more at least, you know, big rally, whether it's, I don't know if it's going to be now or if it'll be 24, 25. Um, but 
my mindset has definitely shifted. Like I'm mm. not the more, and then you have Michael Saylor, bro. That fucker owns like a couple percent of the whole supply. That it's completely true. defeats the purpose of it, you know. Yeah. So there's a whole lot of things that are, you know, come into play. And then you know another thing as well is the whole point is you know to defeat inflation and all this but if you're buying up and you're pumping the price with inflated money you know like what the fuck yeah. so it's like my whole perspective has kind of shifted and i still think that there's like you say a good bit amount of money to be made but it's definitely changed over the years and you know when i got into it people were looking to make money but it was more they were more on like you know i actually believe in this like i like this shit like yeah. fuck the go now it's like oh fucking meme this meme that yeah. yeah i'm part of the problem bro i'm fucking up till five in the morning trading this shit because it's I'm, it's gambling you know it's yeah it is what it is and there's there's some money to be made but it's just changed so much like and it continues to change so yeah you know i'm i'm with you for a lot of that for sure 100 percent. also sure. why is there still no regulation Bro, I mean, and you have, you know, I don't know if you saw, but Gary Gaines, you know, he stood up in front of Congress or whoever he was talking to. And, you know, he's supposed to be the dude that's in charge of regulating it. He still can't fucking answer. They asked him, you know, is Ethereum a security or is it a commodity? Yeah. Still can't give a straight answer. Yeah. So for me, that's also why I still think that there's still room to grow because there's still, it's so much gray area. You know, you now have Coinbase, which is going to be leaving the US. Saw that, yeah. The US is, they've, they've fucked themselves with crypto. They are, yeah. you know, they, they're out of the race now pretty much. But, you know, how do you want these exchanges and shit to follow regulation when there isn't any? The dude that's supposed to be regulating it cannot give you a straight answer on what it is. You know, he yeah. sits there for five minutes diverting the question every time. Eventually, the dude asking him just fucking gives up. He's like, you know, no, nah, fuck this shit. But he continues to ask him, you know, security or commodity. Well, you know, if you do this and you do, uh, you just can't give a fucking answer. So for me, I've been saying regulation needs to be a thing, even though people hate it, you know, in crypto. They're like, we don't want any regulation. But without regulation, people just continue to rug. And I mean, essentially, that's why you don't have, you know, new retail money coming in because the average person hears this shit. And like, I'm not touching that. I touched it yeah. one time. I bought SafeMoon and now I have no money left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they're like, fuck that. I'm not touching yeah. this shit. So yeah. for me, not full-blown, like, you know, hands-on regulation, but some form of regulation needs to come into yeah. play. And I mean, yeah, like you say, it's been years now where people have been talking about regulation mm. and nothing's really happened. Yeah. Like there's nothing really going on. So. And timing is like, you can say, oh, it takes time, but in any other industry or sector, regulation happens overnight. The government sure, is very yeah. quick to act. And here we are, and how long has it been? How long has Bitcoin been out? And they've been talking about regulation is coming, and we still, like, like you said, we still can't figure it out. So mm. I don't know, bro. Until regulation happens, I think that I'm just going to stay on the sidelines. Yep. I've, made, I've made my cash now that I'm not too interested in the extremely high highs and lows you don't need it yeah yeah i just want to invest in real companies that are solid that i can do a lot of research into that have actual offices employees and that aren't based out of the cayman islands which most of them are yeah. um i have a lot of friends that actually started their own icos and so i've seen how they operate like yeah. none of them have actual offices yeah and yeah so that's why i'll just sit on the sidelines but i hope everybody goes and makes as much money as they can yeah for sure nice. can uh, you tell me as well like so you're you are a fitness. You're, yeah, yeah, I'm on the fitness. He's also kind of involved in the fitness yeah. industry. Yeah. But not, not as much as me. I, I started I, with fitness. Yeah, and I started when I was like 16. I got into like the social media and all that stuff when I was like 16, 17. And then COVID, ha 
yeah, COVID happened around 19, 2019. Yeah. So during that period, everyone's sitting at home. And in Sweden, we had no lockdown. Schools, schools yeah. were the only thing that they shut down, really. So I could be in the gym all day and just create content, which is when I really like started taking off on social media. It started blowing up yeah. during COVID. But I was very lucky because I was in pretty much the only country in the entire world where everything was normal True. besides True. school. Yeah. Um, you know, we had no masks, no nothing, yeah. which is crazy. Um, but yeah, that's when I really like started pumping out content and essentially like grew up big platform. Because um, back then everything went viral, like pretty much. Because everyone was just sitting at home doing nothing, you know, spe people got very interested in like home workouts and all that stuff. I know a lot of people capitalized a lot on home workouts. Like I know some people created like the fitness bands and stuff mm. and they made millions. This guy, bro. You did? I, I didn't create the bands, but I was doing the workouts and shit. The home I workouts? No idea what I was doing, yeah. No way. And I started, bro, in my garage. Because, like I was saying before, <laughs> like, I was in college and I was like, no, fuck this shit. I got to change something because I was drinking so heavily. Yeah. And, you know, in college I, in the States? In the States, yeah. Arizona State. It was good fun. Oh, but I think I went there. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fucking nuts, bro. It's, yeah. it's nuts. Um, and dude, especially if you had to go there with your fucking cash, because they're the baddest girls on the planet, <laughs> hands down. And but you're competing with college kids with fifty bucks to their name. You can go there and fucking pick this one, this they do whatever you want. So it was a good time, but I was over it already. And so I just needed to find a way to get out of there. And like I said, you know, everyone is on their phone. And so, you know, I looked at my so homie. So that's when you started like TikTok? Yeah. I, you I did looked, a home workout since Yeah, stuff? I looked at my homie and I was like, bro, I'm going to stop being an alcoholic. I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to take some Psalms, which was essentially kind of like a steroid type thing. And I didn't know <laughs> what I was doing, but I was like, fuck this. I need to get out of here. So I started doing that, lost a bunch of weight, and then just made content. I did a, I blew up first for like a high, high protein, low calorie meals that you know you'd make oh, that were actually this was good. During I'm nice in the kitchen, so I would do that. Yeah, yeah. On just, YouTube or where? TikTok. TikTok. I never even had it on my phone until I started doing this shit. Yeah. Um, I just looked at TikTok as like a business, not as somewhere where I'd go and endlessly scroll. And so I did that, and then like home workouts, bro. And I do like Russian twists with my dog and shit, just like <laughs> just humor shit, you know. Um, yeah, but that's good. Yeah. And I started with that, and then someday some fucker asked me, he's like, "How do you make money?" And this is when crypto had started running up again. And I was like, oh, I made a video about crypto. And I was like, yeah, I do crypto, this and that. That video got thrown on Twitter and ended up blowing up on Twitter. I immediately made a Twitter account and then just ran with it. Oh, wow. And so now you're in the crypto space, like, let's call it an influencer? Yeah, yeah, bro. Just because, like, for me, I mean, I love fitness and I always do fitness. Um, but the content's, like, a lot harder for me to create just because it's, like, it becomes pretty repetitive, you know. You can only tell, yeah. you know, someone how to lose weight so many times. Sure. And, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's one of the most straightforward things on the planet. You know, there's, you want to lose weight, you eat in a calorie deficit. Yeah. You want to put on weight, you eat in a calorie surplus. So there's yeah. only so many ways that you could beat around the bush with that, you know. Um, how much of your guys' edge do you think happens to be your age when you did it do you think that helps like is your audience yeah really like for me for sure for yeah. me it was everything because i was like i mean i competed last year when i was 20 yeah. and that did really well because i was so young and i competed in like the biggest show in europe and what's the average age of the people competing the average age of the people at my show was like 30 plus wow yeah Crazy. so i placed fourth and there's like I mean, the next, the next youngest person after me was 26, I think, and I was wow. 20. Damn. So that was a big, like, thing as well. But I, when I first started blowing up, I was, like, 18, 19. And it was, like, a group of us. We're, like, five people. Of, we're all teenagers. And everyone, all of us can pretty much blew up. Um, all bodybuilders. 
Yeah, like fitness guys. Fitness we do guys. more like lifestyle slash bodybuilding, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but now, yeah, I'm still young and stuff. But back then, it was mainly because I was a teenager, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, well, me, what gave me a huge edge in like the crypto space. So I'd say in the fitness space, it was honesty because I stated the whole time I didn't know what the fuck I was really doing. I just started working out. Yeah. And I had good genetics. And like now, it's way more acceptable for people to talk about being on shit. But even a couple of years ago, it was not. And I was just honest. And I was like, yeah, I took shit. You know, genetics are pretty good as well. So that's why this is what I did. Here's how I did it. And then a huge advantage I had with crypto, like we were saying earlier, everyone's still anonymous. No one wants to show their face. So on Twitter, like there's maybe, there's another dude called BitLord. And like, that's about it. Like me and him that make videos. Yeah. So it's like, you have such a big industry with the lowest competition on the planet. Like, I don't think there's any other industry on the planet where you have one other person as your competition. Com like videos on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. Oh. So just like stuff like that, like no one, you know, no one wants to show their face. Yeah. So yeah. no one posts any videos, nothing. And obviously, you know, your whole day, if you're scrolling through your feed and all you see is tweets, 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 you know, you see a video, you're going to watch it. You want to see something, you know, a little different. So it's like, it's unique in, in its own way like that. So, you know, I can go on there and, and say whatever shit I want and, you know, people are going to watch it because no one else is doing it. There isn't, mm. isn't any of that. Yeah. Um, but bro, so, so not, not fucking with crypto anymore. I get your reasoning. Yeah. Um, now, what do your investments look like now? Like, what are, you, what are you investing in? So now I'm just trying to invest into passion projects because what happened to me was I moved to Dubai and initially I moved to Dubai when, you know, everything had taken off and just before COVID started and I wanted to obviously safeguard myself with taxes mm. um, and I was like, fuck, I finally made it. I'm retired. I don't have to think about money ever again. So I just lived the most crazy lifestyle I possibly could. I was again. Is this like right before COVID? Yeah, yeah. Look, okay. I've gone through different phases of like, I thought I'd retired in 2017 at the end of the year. Yeah. But then 2020 comes and like I made even more money. And so for me, it was like, I just didn't, I didn't know how to, to kind of process it all. So yeah. I just kind of went on like, a, I just went a bit too crazy. So I started partying, flying everywhere, sleeping with loads of girls. And I thought that all of these things that we chase and try to pursue that are going to fulfill us yeah. um, is what I needed to do. And so I, I went and did all these things. And then I found myself like basically retired, but emptier than ever. Oh, so wow. that's what happened. Like I, I basically, yeah, I essentially retired and just didn't know how to process it anymore. Because when you, like when you're chasing money or you're chasing accomplishments or whatever else it is, you, it tends to keep you going where you're not thinking about other things. But I think for me, like when, you, when you're not thinking about money anymore and you don't have a true purpose, because I've sold my, the last artist that I, that I represented, I sold his catalog and so I got out of that business. I sold the company before that. I sold the music festival. Yeah. So now I've got money, but what is my true purpose? And so yeah. that's when I went into like a kind of, let's call it a depression. I think yeah. it's something normal that, almost anybody will go through because if you don't have to chase anything anymore, then you essentially kind of might feel a little bit lost yeah, unless sure, yeah. you have something to, to, to distract you. Like let's say you're Jeff Bezos and you're running Amazon or you were running Amazon. You now think that you're doing something for the greater good and like you want to keep scaling up your business and go to space. And these are all things that distract you. But if you don't have something like that, 
then you may just like if I hand you a billion dollars right now and hand you a billion dollars, yeah, we'd be like, yeah, what are you gonna do? Well, like, now, yeah, 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 I'll take it. You, you know? take yeah, it. Let's find out. Yeah, I take. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, we, I get what you mean. You'd be like, okay, now what? Exactly. So that's what um I've been trying to sort of figure out, and because I'm still fairly young, and this happened to me in my earlier twenties, and which is crazy. Yeah. yeah, it is. Um, and so now I'm just in this headspace of trying to figure out what that purpose is, and I that's what I'm trying to promote now is like, um, a lot of people chase like these huge accomplishments, but they don't know what is going to happen when they get there, and not enough people sort of dive into that. Like, yeah. If you hear these huge celebrities and influencers, they still are promoting it like, you know, this is a, a goal that everybody should aspire to. But you have to have a purpose in life. It can't just be to get rich off crypto. It can't just be get rich to getting rich like off some company that has no true purpose in the world. So, yeah, that's what I'm still trying to figure out now. And no, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. I mean, I think that that's such a good lesson for people that are you know listening to this too, because... I've nowhere near done as much damage as you, but fuck, you know, I was in college a couple of years ago. Yeah, I'd moved to Dubai. I bought the car of my dreams. I live in an apartment I never thought I'd live in. And I was kind of like, you know, fuck, what now? Yeah, I'm I the still same. Got, still got a long way to go, but I'm like, fuck, what now? Yeah. Bro? I, don't, I don't really have much shit to do, you know? I don't have anything that I'm really chasing anymore. I was like, yeah, you know, a billion dollars would be nice, but like, fuck, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. Like, this is... You know, this is this is all I this is all I wanted to say. Yeah, I totally, just, I'm totally just freedom. Same. I just wanted freedom, not to listen to anyone, yeah. not to have to do shit I don't want to do. Yeah. And so it's like, fuck, now I've got that. So even me, bro, I'm also so like, you know, searching for my purpose a little bit because once you get to that, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. When you get to it young, like your guys' yeah. age, it's it's even more crazy. I think. Yeah. Because yeah. you still haven't even figured out who you truly are yet. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I noticed big time though, like. When I was, obviously, when I was 17, 18, 19, I lived at home with my mom, single mom. We didn't earn much money. And that compared to now, my creativity levels are, like, really down bad. Because back then, I did everything to just, like, Get out figure out it. new yeah. shit to do, do this video, try that video, you know, f figure out different things to, like, kind of get out of there. And now I'm out of there, and I'm pretty much where I want to be, like, where I wanted to be in life. Yeah. And now I'm sitting here, and I'm, like, I'm struggling to, like, coming up with yeah. new stuff to do to push me even further because like yeah i'm at that level where i'm like where i basically wanted to be a few years ago yeah. it's hard I to can imagine yourself. at your level it's like you know now you really yeah. fucking sick yeah, yeah. like you said sure. when, you, when you had 50 million like that's i mean that's more than enough that you need for me i think you know 20 million is the number where you really set because you have more than enough money yeah. to you know have it work for you like you don't have to do anything you don't yeah. have to work you know just purely through investments whether it's passive crypto, income stocks yeah. real estate whatever it is that's enough money to you know you can invest that and passively live off the returns for the rest of your life yeah. no problem it just depends what you want from your lifestyle and i think because i've slowly leveled up i've seen all the different amounts like the different thresholds of wealth that mm. you can see what you can do and with two or three million dollars, you can still do a lot and you can live a very comfortable life. You can have a nice place that you live. You can have your dream car. You don't really have to think too much. It's enough money to make passive income. Then when you start to go higher and higher, you start to want to indulge a little bit more. But it's just what you want. Like, like you said, with 20 million, you can do a lot. You can start chartering planes. You can go on amazing vacations. You don't have to think anymore. And that if you're smart enough, and it's very safe. You can make 10% a year, which is 2 million a year, which is more than enough money yeah, to live. Yeah, for sure. But I think that if a lot of people want even more and more and more, and what I'm saying is that 
why? Yeah. yeah. Why? I was I was going to ask you, because obviously now it's a very different generation than compared to when you started. Yeah. What will you do if you wake up tomorrow and you start from scratch? No connections, no Good money. Yeah. You have $1,000 in your bank account. Oh, what will you do? Shit. We'll give you 10K. We'll be okay, generous. 10, 10 grand. 10 grand. Fucking all in an ICO. <laughs> <laughs> NFT. Um, I think that it just depends. Like, if I've got 10 grand left and yeah. if I lose this 10 grand, it's all over. It's all over, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, pretty much you sleep on. Yeah. What I say is, like, I, I believe, especially in Australia where the, the minimum wage is really high. If I wanted to, if I was willing to go back into reality and get okay. a job, okay. I would go get a job where I'm earning extremely high tips. So I'd go work as a waiter, maybe bottle service or something like that. And I would earn my minimum wage or whatever the salary is. And I would try to finesse as much as I can with tips. Because if I have this high paying job from tips, I'm able to slowly accumulate that. By the mm. end of the year, if I barely sleep and I'm working two or three jobs, then I can have 100K saved up. Easily mm. in Australia. Yeah. But most people aren't willing to lose that, that. sleep yeah, or yeah, work yeah. that hard. So I know for sure that's what I would do. And I always recommend to people to go into a job that's paying high with tips. It's got to be service-based and work your fucking ass off. Yeah. Then that 100K is enough of a safety net for me to then dive back into investments and start trading again or doing something else. But it also depends on my skill set. Like for what sure. skill set yeah. do I have? Because obviously you have a lot of knowledge yeah. from your past. Yeah. But if you're a guy with no knowledge, yeah, then, yeah you, then you're fucked. Yeah. You know what's so funny is, like, I'm you know noticing a pattern here. All these fake gurus that I watch online, all the advice that they give, the advice that you've given is so different to what they say. 100%. It's so 100%. fucking different to what they say. And it's like... I've never heard about that before. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I've never heard anyone... I've never seen a video where they're like, you know, go to... And it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I'm like... Yeah. I'm just sitting here, I'm like, oh, fuck, they're all yeah. full of shit. I thought they were full of shit, but, you know, now it's confirmed. It's not hard to make money. I think that just people are too lazy. Yeah. yeah. Look, we, we are all lucky enough. I mean, you were in the US, so you were also lucky enough. Sweden, great country. Yeah. Australia, great country. The States, now the minimum wage is quite high, and that is the, the capital of earning tips. Yeah. So I, mean, I worked at KFC how long ago, like four years ago, five years Damn, ago. Let's go. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud of you, bro. Bought my first camera and then I dipped. <laughs> Swear. But yeah, like yeah. Um, the, we are blessed and fortunate enough that we have access to those countries, you know. South Africa, a little different. Yeah. But the fact that, I say this all the time, the fact that I'm born in Australia, I've hit the lotto. Like I've, I've won the lottery because what else do I truly need? Like if I just want to live this life that we're talking about, I can go get a job that's unskilled and probably make hundred to one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and now I can live a very comfortable lifestyle where I can go for a surf every afternoon. I don't have to stress too hard. My employer is not really going to be be giving me a hard time. But then, when we start talking about the third world countries, it's not the same. No, for sure. When you when you can only make three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars a month, and look at Dubai. You know the the average salary here is, I mean, it varies a lot, but it's yeah. between like, let's just say a thousand a month, it's very eight hundred yeah. a month. Depends how, how well you're doing. So um, it really depends where you are to then answer that question again. But the, the high tip one is always the, the way. Mm. Just work your ass off for a year. Work your ass off, yeah. And then take it from there. Yeah. yeah. But what do you do? Here's a question to you guys. What do you do if you're in a low-cost country, like a low-income country? I don't know. I feel like 
in those kind of places, you have to, you know, you have to hustle. And it you holds hustle, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to find another way. And I'm always grateful, you know, coming from South Africa because I've seen that. We don't have any, you know, handouts there. There's no government that's going to bail you out if shit hits the fan. You know, it's you pretty much, you make a plan or you fucked. And yeah. I, I still know so many people there that are just trying so desperately to get out of there. But in terms of, like, they, they want to get out, but they're not doing enough to get out, you yeah. know. So I feel mm. like, again, there's different things, you know, like, for example, like, even obviously you know the currency is fucked there so you know you find a way to get dollars and you deal shit in dollars you know there's like you say it completely depends on where you are because you can't do the same things that you could do in south africa that you could in australia true. that's true but the only thing that everybody has regardless of where it is is the internet yes so that's yeah. going into the you know the other gurus that will yep. tell you those there's a lot of money to be made online nowadays yeah. a lot yeah more than ever yeah there's any information you need is out there yeah. within two seconds away. Yeah. That's why so. in most of our countries, there is a like a labor shortage. People don't want to work anymore. Yeah. They don't want to take those jobs anymore. Even if you're going to get paid like $25 an hour, a few years ago, that was insane. Like to, mm. to make that job, doing the worst job possible, like to go clean toilets in Australia, you're going to make around $25 an hour. But nobody wants that job. Nobody wants to work at McDonald's. Nobody wants to work yeah. at KFC. You were probably the last young kid that works at that KFC, probably, bro. Because yeah. everyone else got rich off crypto. Yeah. <laughs> so your plan now going forward is just invest in things that you're passionate about. Exactly, yeah. You plan on starting up something else? Yeah, yeah. So I've invested into, I own a whole bunch of different um, rental villas, like places that I can go to and sort of, relax and unwind and spend my time in. So I have like a property portfolio. But the next thing that I'm starting now is I'm, uh, my, my goal, I just bought some land, is to start a hotel chain. So I'm going to start my first one um, and go into that because I think these are like things that I'm passionate about is I'm extremely creative and I want to have something that I can physically see yeah. and have people come to this place and like me be able to see them enjoy it. Yeah. Hearing the reviews about the how good the design is or A, B, and C. So look, it's not a, um, this is not a get rich quick thing. This is something that I, I want to pursue for my own creative purpose. Yeah. Um, but then everything else, like I want to find what my, my purpose is that's going to make me happy and content for the rest of my life. And I still don't know what that is because like I'm still relatively young and we've got a fucking long life ahead of us. For sure, yeah. So, yeah, I just, I don't know what it is yet. If you have any ideas, let me know. Bodybuilding. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah i'm a bit too skinny lately yeah well, what about kids it's a good question eh like here's here's a big thing so i'm sure you guys are do you, do you have girlfriends i do yeah okay a few <laughs> uh yeah yeah complicated <laughs> put an asterisk there um when you are an extremely wealthy person you are put into the same category as let's say uh an extremely beautiful girl, right? Mm. I think so. Especially if you do it young enough. So if you're 30, 35 below, if you're your guy's age and you're able to amass some wealth, now you have a lot of eyeballs on you. So you can start to date a lot of girls. And as you know, in Dubai, there are, yeah? A lot. There's, yeah. A, there's a, lot of, uh, a lot of questionable girls here. So... Um, like, like I said, like I flew around the last few years just having fun and, and going crazy. But what I noticed was when you can almost have anything. You don't want it. Yeah, like it's very hard to have that connection with somebody because you just like, they may be ready to go. Like you, you, 
you may feel this connection, but because you have so many other options, it's just too hard to stay in that that mindset of like, I need to settle down now. Mm. So this has been a problem for me. Like, I just can't settle down. I can't find that connection because A, you don't know why they're around. You don't know whether they're using you. You don't know um, what their motives are or their intentions. But of course, there are plenty of girls that are like, I don't know. I mean, every girl is looking for a rich guy, right? Yeah. It's obviously a bonus if you have money and you can, you know, you can support them and stuff like that. But I just think that it's very hard for me to to find somebody that I'm that I find that connection with where I'm like, okay, you're the one that's gonna take me away from all of this world right now where I can have children and settle down. And still, I'm not in that mindset yet. Yeah, it must be hard. Especially, you guys know, especially like you're young. in this world. You're yeah, young. yeah, like, yeah. When I was your guys' age, just purely being young is more than enough to sleep with heaps of girls and, and have fun. And if you want to settle down, you can. But as you get older, you know, your your options start to decline yeah. just purely because we age. But if you do have something else interesting going on, like you have some accomplishments, you have a little bit of clout or you are wealthy, then those options sort of stay at the same level. And it's now kind of in your hands. Like, what do you want to do? Have you found the right person where you want to give up that, that life? Look at Leonardo DiCaprio. The guy is 50, oh, yeah. 50 something years old. <laughs> do you think he could have settled down by now? Of course he could have, but he can't because in his head, I yeah. feel like at any moment, if that girl just does something slightly off, he's on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Every five years, it's like... Bro, I, it's crazy. Like I remember, so I, during this music time, I used to DJ, right? And I was in Sydney in Australia and I was DJing in this club and he was shooting um, The Great Gatsby in Sydney. And... Wow. He was in this club every single night. So he'd come in there every single night. And I knew every single girl in Sydney at this time. So let's say there's 50, 60 models. The start of the trip, he comes. He's filming for six months. One by one, every single girl has started being knocked by Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> by the end of the trip, I couldn't find a single girl out of those 50 or 60 that he hadn't 50. smashed. Yeah. Easily. Wow, they Easily. know they know they're all doing it too, but they don't yeah. give a fuck because yeah. it's DiCaprio. It's DiCaprio. Yeah. They don't give a shit. Like I was at a party in Paris last year, and crazy party. Like it was just maybe fifteen people, and sitting on a couch just like over there was Mick Jagger. Now Mick Jagger, do you know who that is? I don't know. Uh, you guys are too. You're too young. Mick Jagger. Yeah, Mick Jagger. Um, what, what's the band he was in? No idea, but I know yeah. Mick Jagger. Rolling Stones, yeah, fuck. Oh, I know the band, yeah, yeah. Jagger, bro. You and I, I probably know him, yeah. Yeah, so Mick Jagger, you know, you know his face. He's like in his 70s. So Mick Jagger is, is at this party, and it's mainly only girls. There's a couple people in there. And there's two models next to him that are both 19, and they're trying really hard. Wow. <laughs> and that's when I was mind-blown. I was like, what the fuck? Like, these young girls still trying to fuck a 70 year old and they're only doing that because they can then he say yeah I fuck me jagger crazy unreal so yeah. bro i mean fuck you're gonna have to tell us now what is <laughs> you've clearly seen some crazy shit what is the craziest thing that you've ever seen or you've ever gone to been a part of i mean that's a that's a tough question yeah, it's a tough question yeah, i've had a lot of experiences because during that era when i was doing music we you know we were touring around like we were on tour for two years and and will was William Singe, he was like, he had a, a, a big buzz. So we were getting invited to so many crazy parties. But in this latest stint, like at that same party, I remember, um, and again, maybe past your generation, but there was a guy who was pacing back and forth at that party. 
it was just smoking a joint. And so I went up to him and I was like, hey, bro, can I, can I get some? And we start speaking and he's like, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from Australia. He's like, oh, yeah, I've been out there a few times. I was like, oh, dope, what do you do? And he was like, yeah, I do music. And I was like, oh, really? Like, where did you play in, in Sydney? And he was like, oh, I think I did like, um, like most awkward dude ever. He was like, I think I did like some stadium there. And I was like, stadium? Bro, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, I've got this little thing. It's called Daft Punk. And no I was like, way. I was like, what the fuck? Like, he didn't give a shit. He just talked <laughs> yeah. about all these things. Oh, yeah, I did this little show in the stadium. Like, that was just normal for him. So, yeah. I've got, I've got a lot of um, celebrity stories. I'm just trying to think. Let's talk about something else yeah, while I keep yeah, trying yeah, to brainstorm. Jesus. Yeah. No, but you must have seen a lot. I've seen Leo DiCaprio in so many cities because I lived in New York. Yeah. And my friend that I lived with, so my roommate, he was the top promoter in New York. So his job was to bring... 10, 15 models a night to these, yeah. you know, these nightclubs. And so I was out with him every night. And in that club that he worked in, that was the celebrity hotspot for that, that time. Um, every night there was just any celebrity you can think mm. of was there. So the amount of times I would have seen Leonardo DiCaprio out at a club has at least, and this is without Australia, has gone over 50 times. Because Fuck. that guy is a like all he does is party. Even to this day in his 50s, I'm, I'm sure he's drinking seven nights a week. He's a menace. Yeah. Yeah. So I, w I wanted to go back to, you were talking about earlier, you know, a lot of people, you know, they don't think about, you know, they th have all their accomplishments and everything they want to achieve, but they don't think about what's going to happen when they get there. But you spoke about it so like freely, like you just, you knew that you were going to do this. Like, did yeah. you always know that you were going to achieve like big things? I think that. Because a lot of people, they have those accomplishments, but I feel like in the back of their head, you know, there's a lot of people that say, oh, I'm going to be a millionaire one day, but they don't really believe that. They just say yeah. that. I think after I did it the first time, like with the music and the festivals and then losing everything, I knew that I had something inside of me. Like I knew I had a skill set and an ability, but I felt like I had no way to express it. I had nobody to open any doors for me. So that was like a period of me doubting myself, even though I knew that I had something. Mm. So sometimes it just comes down to like timing and of course luck and chance. But from 14, 15 years old, I knew that like I just had a different sort of drive to everybody else. I was on the computer every day like you were just trying to figure out what the fuck to do, what hustle I could come up with and just thinking about life differently. Like I always used to calculate like how much things costed and how much I could make returns and all these sorts of different things from a very young age while everybody else was, you know, playing Counter-Strike. Yeah. So <laughs> I was speaking that. <laughs> I played too, don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that just some people have this natural drive and I I think that mine just came from my situation, like not coming from anything yeah. Yeah. was the biggest driving force and just seeing my situation growing up, like it was hard and it, and it hurt, like it wasn't a fun experience. Yeah. You needed that hurt in order to want to come out of it. Like, of course, like you yeah. said, I think people that, like this is why I'm worried about having kids because if I have kids and I'm able to, Provide everything. Provide everything yeah. for them. Like what ends up happening to them? Even yeah. if I don't give them the money, they're going to be spoiled because they've never... Like this is, this is something that I think is really interesting, right? So Bill Gates, Bill Gates is the best example. He's worth a lot of money and he said that he's not going to give any money to his children. When he dies, he's not, they're not going to have anything. But their entire life, how have they lived their life? Yeah. I mean, he's fucking them by doing that because now they, yeah. that's what yeah. they're used to. You're living in like the craziest mansion ever. 
You've got your own plane that you're only flying in. You're living life that no other human can possibly live. And then when you die, all right, see you later. Go, go figure it out now. You can't just... No, yeah. that, that's, a lot of, a lot that's of people, really you know, they say like, I mean, especially like in the US, you know, there's scholarships and stuff for people that have come from like unfortunate places because like, you know, they say it's not fair, but I feel like that's something that's not talked about a lot. Like you really, you need that. Like that's, although it's obviously not a great thing and it'd be ideal to, you know, not be born into that. But I mean, you know, you're saying that's the reason why you are who you are today is because of that hardship that you had to go through. And 100%. That built you. So I feel like a lot of people... They look at it like, you know, it's such a disadvantage. Like, why me? You know, fuck this. Like, it's so unfortunate. You know, why did this have to happen to me? But that can essentially be, you know, your, your ground to building everything. Yeah, and I think that all three of us share something similar. And that's the fact that Definitely, we all yeah. did something that was uncomfortable. And we've all come to a place like we're all in Dubai now. We're not in our home countries. So just taking that step was enough. And that means that our thinking is a lot different to most people's. So... You guys already had it, but it's more about can people learn that? It's so I'm just still trying to figure out, is it something that you're born with it or is it be. something oh, that you I think, learn? Yeah. I, I feel like it's something that you're born yeah. with. Because I remember even to... when I was like 12, 13, I tried to make Call of Duty videos. And I, was, I used to be a graphic designer for like a Call of Duty clan and I made like 10 bucks out of each design. Fucking PayPal, nerd, bro. When Man. I was 12. <laughs> so even since when I was like 12, 13, I was hustling, bro. Yeah. And then I started with the CSGO and I started trading CSGO skins. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I sold everything to Ethereum back in 2015. And I had Damn. like probably 10 bands when I was 14 in Ethereum. But of that would course, be worth what now? I don't <laughs> want to know. I don't want to figure that out. But yeah. But I feel like it's something you're born with. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's something you're born with. And sure, some people can learn it. But it's like you, everyone hitting you up for advice, right? Yep. But all that knowledge is there. Yeah, exactly. And it's like all of that knowledge, we already have it. It's like we've come with this knowledge. And that knowledge is this ability to just figure out things, I think, not more than other people, but we yeah. just have this natural gift to just fucking yeah. go and get it. We, we just don't want to settle for anything other than yeah, that. Yeah, 100%. And uh, so talking about Dubai, a lot of people, you know, I mean, from what I've seen online, there's mixed feelings, you know, they mm. love or hate it. And it's got all these problems this and that. What do you think about Dubai? You've been here for, you said four years now? Yeah, four or five years. Um, so I think Dubai, like, obviously has its pros and cons. Um, like everywhere. Yeah, like everywhere. But Dubai, okay, center of the world. We can go anywhere we want at any time. One direct flight. No taxes, that's kind of a no-brainer, especially if you're making money. Like, where else can you truly do that in a real city? Because you can go to the Cayman Islands or the Bahamas, but those places are, aren't as good as here. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, you're around so many crazy people, crazy wealthy people that you see all that and it just sort of drives you in a, in a, mm -hmm. in a sense. So, um, those are the three main things. But if we talk about, like, a few months ago, I actually made the decision that I wanted to leave Dubai. And that was because... I felt like a lot of people here were living without a purpose. They were just chasing, you know, this sort of superficial lifestyle, which I've sort of drifted off from. Yeah. Like, I don't wear any designer clothes yeah. at all. The only thing that I'll do is I'll wear a few nice watches here and there, but I don't give a shit about yeah. designer stuff. Fucking Richard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so when, you, when you're around that all the time, it's sort of hard to be in your own lane, I would say. Do you know what yeah. I mean? yeah. yeah. Um, and that's why I felt like if I was to go somewhere else where I fit in more in terms of that mentality, it was going to make me feel a little bit different. So 
I left and tried to find a new place. I see you travel a lot. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I traveled a lot trying to find that next place, but I couldn't find it, and so I'm back. Okay, so yeah. plan, plan for now is still chill in Dubai? Look, uh, Dubai will always be one of the bases, and I think for this moment, like 0% tax, I don't know how long it's going to last. They're introducing, like, uh, what is it? Income tax? And corporate company? tax. Co corporate, corporate tax. But it's not, it's not so serious. It's no, just, like, no, no. onshore companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but personal tax, like... All the, the incentives and the schemes that Dubai had was to create what Dubai has become now. Yep. Yeah. And now Dubai has reached it. Like, there is an overcrowding problem. Like, you go to Dubai Mall now. Fucking hell. Like, yeah. a few years ago, it was like every single restaurant was half empty. And now, like, you need to know somebody to get a booking at most of these popular restaurants. Yeah. So, Dubai has become what they set out to become. And now they can slowly introduce the taxes because I don't know whether people will leave. You've got the Russians here now. You've got the Ukrainians. Now the Chinese people are coming. So the money is already here. And if you slowly introduce the things that are going to help build the economy even more, I don't think people will leave. No. So yeah. And you get the safety and stuff. Yeah, it's too. extremely safe here. So people are going to be able to pay for yeah, that. They're going to yeah. be willing to do yeah. that. So. But I want to take advantage of that while I can. Yeah. So it might not be here forever. And if I have to at some point pay 10% tax... I'm not sure if I want to because <laughs> I want to make sure I know where that fucking money's going. Yeah. That's why I decided to leave my country because why do I want to pay 50% tax if you're not telling me where it's going and I can't actually contribute it somewhere myself? Mm. Yeah. So that was the biggest reason for me. But I want to know why you guys are here. I mean, that's essentially the same thing. You know, I was in the US um, and there, you know, with capital gains, if you're making north of 200 250,000 US you're paying 40%. Yep. Uh, and then obviously if you know you live in California or somewhere with high state tax you're paying even more. Yep. And like for me I was living in Houston, Texas which probably wasn't the greatest decision. What's and the state tax there? It's it's zero, zero, oh, zero. Okay, wow. Well. Um, but again, you're still paying that 40% federal and you know I make 100% of my income online yep. and you know same thing i couldn't understand where the taxes were going because the roads are more fucked i get homesick when i drive on there it reminds mm. me of south africa you know <laughs> my house is getting broken into you know i'm like fuck you know i'm paying 40 percent, and you know i'm yeah i'm confused why and so i decided to obviously a lot of the crypto guys are here as well so the networking is a huge thing for me um safety is a big thing obviously coming from south africa you know you're always looking over your shoulder no matter what you're doing. Even now in Europe, I don't go to Europe without security anymore. Yeah. Like it's changed a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so like for me here, the fact that, you know, I just never, ever second guess nothing. Like, you know, I don't worry about putting on my watch, nothing. And I can just walk outside, you know, hassle free. I feel like that's something that a lot of people overlook because, you know, they've never been in that situation. Like, you know, I've grew up in South Africa, so I know what that's like. Like yeah. again, you know, you could, build all this, have all the success. But if you live in a place where you could get murdered, that's, you've done it all for nothing. Yeah. What's so, the point? Yeah. Safety is a big thing for me. Um, obviously more central. So I can go back to South Africa a lot easier because my family's still there. Uh, I love the beach. The beaches are unreal here. Same as even the fishing. Not a lot of people know, but Dubai is some of the best fishing I've ever done. Really? You go out in the channel here, bro, you whack in 10, 15 of these queen fish. Unreal. And it's obviously, it's flat like a lake. So... No seasick, no nothing. Um, and yeah, I like, like, the high quality of life, you know? Like, it's just, I don't think there's anywhere else that has, you know, such a high quality of living. And as well as that, you know, like you were saying, the people, for me, it's a negative and a positive because, you know, they are all very artificial, chasing this bullshit, you know? Yeah. They want 
nothing other than money. So you got to be careful. You know, you got to have your guard up. But at the same time, you know, you see all these cars and all this shit every day. It does motivate you. You know, That's it's true. like I yeah. came here. You know, I'm living in Houston, Texas. I feel like the man, bro. I, I feel, you know, I'm whooping past, you know, 20, 2005 Toyota Corollas. I come here, bro. <laughs> I buy my car. I'm still a bum. Yeah. I'm still absolutely nobody. So, yeah. you know, I feel like that, like I was saying earlier, like I like pressure. Like I, I need the pressure in order to thrive. So for me, that's, that's why I ended up here. And yeah, I, I like it so far. It's good. Yeah. For me, it was very spontaneous. I mean, I lived in Sweden. We have like one of the highest taxes in the world. Yeah. It's up to like 60% if you earn a good amount of money, which is ridiculous. It's not even half your income. Um, so I started traveling. I came here three years ago uh, when I was 18. I was about to turn 19. And I came around like a two-week holiday. And then I ended up going back for a week home. And then I came back and I stayed here for months. And then I was in L.A. And I was going to try to get a visa in the States because I had all my friends there. The whole fitness community is way bigger there than anywhere else in the world. Um, so I was like, okay, I want to move there. Didn't end up going through because of, you know, the States. It's just, it's just a mess. Um, couldn't get a visa? It was just very difficult, and I couldn't be fucked to, like, because, I mean, it's good. The States is good, but after spending three months there, I was like, uh, I don't know. And I was just sitting very high at one night, scrolling through my WhatsApp, and I found this guy that owns creative zone. They do, like, companies and stuff. And I just called him up at, like, 5 a.m., and then I, start, I got my license stuff down here. Um, so for me, and obviously, and like... You should say how easy it is to do that. To oh, yeah. start your own company. Unbelievable. To, yeah, yeah, start your company, place. Just get a visa, and to be at 0% tax, yeah. how easy it's is it? It's unbelievably yeah. easy. Yeah. You pay not a lot of money, and then you're set. And you don't lift a finger. They do everything. Yeah. You send them your passport, yes. copy this, that. They have it sorted. Done. Yeah. So it was a no-brainer for me. Um, so I moved out from my mom's apartment, like, yeah, two years ago now. Um, but yeah, no. Sweden is good, though. I love Sweden. I go back there, you know, a few times Sweden a year. Sweden is a good country. Yeah. I mean, it's very, like, uh, high quality. Yeah. Um, the food, the, the infrastructure, everything. Yeah. Very high quality. Uh, but it's just not for me, especially the cold weather. Weather. I need to be creating content. I need to be out doing things, like, doing s stuff different from other fitness influencers, yeah. which I am doing here. Um, so, no, yeah, it's very beneficial for me being here. Um, for what I do, yeah. yeah. Bro, one thing I'm dying to ask you, obviously with like with your knowledge and shit, what is your thoughts on the US dollar right now? And, you know, bricks and yeah. everyone switching off it. And, you know, you got a lot of countries trying to, you know, cut off their oil supply and essentially try and, you know, cripple them financially. Like what is, because I mean, obviously, you know, you got a lot of people that think it's over. They think the US is done. But yeah. then I've also spoken to people in the oil and gas industry and they're like, the dollar ain't going nowhere. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I am with the, the last group. I think that, that it's going to be very hard to, to, to change what's been in place for a long time. But I think that it's long overdue that nobody's ever tried. Mm. And I think that these countries are starting to understand how much power they truly have. Because where is the money? It's not really in America. Saudi Arabia has got a lot of money. And they can dictate a lot of things and move a lot of things. So if a few different countries align, they can begin the process. It may take a lot of time, but I think that I would love to see it, but I don't know whether it's possible yeah. and how long it will take. But yeah, I mean, the, the whole world relying on one currency essentially is, it's long overdue, but what's going to happen if it does turn into, let's call it a group of Saudi, China, Russia, is that good or is it bad? Is it better in the hands of the US or is it better in those hands? What do you think? 
you know, I kind of want to see it happen too, just to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, at the same time, the dirham is pegged to the dollar, and that's true. Yeah. And it's like, like you're saying, bro. I don't know if that's, uh, you know, if I want, you know, China, Russia, you know, if I want them in charge and them calling the shots, because although you know, I have my my things that I don't love about the U.S. You know, at the same time, you know, shit's still been smooth-ish. Yeah. You know, so and I don't know. Like you're saying, I don't know what that would look like with them, you know, in power. So it, it's, I don't know, it's weird. It's weird times because like you say, it's never happened before. Yep. So there's no like, you know, there's no, I don't know what's, you know, what's going to happen. And like, even now with like the whole crypto thing, you know, 2008, when the banks came crashing down, you didn't have an opposition, you know, Bitcoin's essentially was created for that purpose. So now, you know, you have the banks, which are still, if I'm not mistaken, you know, they're still not, you know, out out the dust yet and you know now you have an opposition you know something that was created for that exact purpose so i'm even you know keen to see what happens there but i, I don't really know the answer to be honest yeah i think we're gonna have to wait and see how it all unravels it's nuts yeah. what about the banks and stuff what, do you, what is your thought on that because for me you know a lot of people are like oh you know bitcoin's a scam crypto's a scam what i've come to terms with is almost everything is a scam and you know everything's a ponzi everything at the same time you know yeah yeah, traditional finance is a scam you know you have 90 percent of circulating money is not real you know 10 percent is real you know if you had 100 percent of the population try and withdraw 12 percent of what they have it doesn't work it fails so it's like what's what's your whole take on that as well i've never been a big fan of uh banks and i think that there's still more damage to come in terms of some of these bigger players maybe getting unraveled Let's see. It just depends how much work they can do behind closed doors to get it under control. Um, But in terms of banks, like for myself personally, I try to keep no money in banks. I have a lot of bank accounts, but I don't trust them. They don't play by the rules. They can just create any rule that they want. Like in the last year, I've had two, two of my bank accounts shut down for no reason at all. And both of these bank accounts were at the highest, highest level. So if I'm at the highest, highest level in my bank and they're wanting to shut down my account for no reason, then what is the point of me keeping my money there? Emirates MBD, great example, right? I still have my account there. Emirates MBD, they have a section. So for everybody listening, Emirates MBD is the biggest bank in the UAE, in Dubai. They they hold most of the the wealth of of this country. Mm -hmm. It's also slightly state-owned, I'd say. Um... I had the highest tier account for Emirates MBD. Now, this is like a level that, from what I've been told, this is what the guy told me. There's only 10,000 people in the whole country that have that level. And so he calls me up and he's like basically giving me an introduction to how it works and it's almost like congratulating me for reaching this level. Mm. And I go, awesome, what do I I get from this? Like, what are you going to do for me, for me keeping this money in the account? And he goes well, what do you want? And I was like, well, can you, can you do anything? Like, can you get me a mortgage? Can you get me a line of credit? He couldn't do shit. He couldn't do anything. Unreal. So I was like, you want me to keep my money in your bank for absolutely no reason, just so that you can have access to that. So after that, like, I was just like, all right, fuck that. I think banks yeah. here as well are a little bit... Um, very, very... Yeah, they're not like in Australia, Sweden, America, there's a lot more regulation and it's just a lot more solid. Whereas here, it, you never really know. And look, you can just go start a bank account in a second with really no history here. Um, in other countries, there's a little bit more of a process. Mm. So yeah, banks don't like banks. Yeah, unreal. 
Um, what else, bro? You got any questions? <sighs> Not really, bro. I feel like we covered a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm heard I'll, pretty I'll, much everything. Yeah, I still got some shit. <laughs> if you cool with it. Um, <laughs> no, bro, I told you I'm, I'm going to be spitting this one. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. But there's a lot of people that obviously hate Andrew Tate, but I feel like he was a big you know, a big pinnacle for that, that he was one of the first dudes that came out and really spoke his mind, really spoke what he thought because shit, half the things I say on this pod, I would have never said two years ago. I would have been, I would have been terrified to say, you know, a lot of the things that I've said yeah. because it would cancel, shut down. It wasn't acceptable. And there were so many people that just kept quiet and, you know, didn't, didn't want to talk about it. But when, like, who else has created a movement like Andrew Tate has in the last hundred years, or if not more, like name one person, and I'm not talking about you can't compare it to like Hitler or something because that's obviously fucked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. But literally, who has created such a fucking widespread movement like he has? I haven't seen it done. I haven't heard about it done. No, since literally, Jesus Christ. And it happened so quickly. Yeah. Out of, yeah. Man, I just seen this bald head motherfucker all over my <laughs> the whole you world. Hate. What the yeah. fuck? Every guy just woke up and was like, "Yo." you know, started seeing all this shit like yeah. that we're hearing nowadays that it's becoming nor more normal now. But like before Andrew, it was very quiet. Yeah. He and, revolutionized that. Yeah, guy. for sure. For and like, sure. you know, like we were saying a little bit before the pod, it's like, I don't really know what his game plan is going forward because, you know, he did so much positivity and, you know, good things for, you know, not only just men, but, you know, anyone, because I feel like a lot of the time his message is, you know, it's it's taken and twisted, you know, his whole thing, we were talking about a last part, you know, yeah. about being, you know, high valued. I don't think that that applies to, you know, just men, you know, if you're a woman that is a CEO of a company and you are making disgusting amounts of bread, you know, you call the shots then, you know, it's not just about just the high valued males, you know, just high valued in general. So... I, yeah, it's, I don't know what he's going to do going forward because all the good that he's done and he just, you know, didn't essentially get paid for it type thing. And, you know, when he's gone to jail for... I, I think that sometimes these things can be the best things that ever happened to, to anybody. Like, a, a great example is, um, what's her name? The chick that got detained in Russia. Brittany Griner, I yes, think? Yes, for the weed. WNBA oh, yeah. star yeah, yeah. who got caught with a vape. Now, she went to Russia. She gets arrested. She goes to jail. Extremely traumatic experience. She was in jail for three, four, five months, right? Horrible experience. I don't hope, I don't wish it on anyone. Now you come out, you go back to America. So what happens to her after that happens? She starts getting paid for interviews. Now she's getting brand deals. Yeah. That is the, what happened to her life since that happened? Was it better or worse after she went to jail in Russia? Yeah. So going back to Andrew Tate, I think that this has only elevated him. And 100%. if he's smart with his moves of what he does, like I, genu I genuinely think that Andrew Tate could probably, just with speaking alone, sell out arenas in every city around 100%. the world. Yeah. So his brand alone, even if he has $5 to his name, his brand alone just from speaking is worth hundreds of millions. This jail thing hasn't affected or changed any, especially any male's opinion. They all value what he's just done for society, right? Sure. You don't hear too many people unless it's like a small community of, let's say, the, the leftists or the woke that are going, oh, see, he, he, he was guilty. You know, he's in jail. But most... Most other people are like for him and, and favor him a lot. And so yeah. this has only elevated him. And that's why some rappers in music, they're about to fall off and then they go to jail. And after they get out of jail, they become massive. Yeah. Because that just elevated their whole image. And so that's why I think 
this is only good for Andrew Tate. Like, it may have been a traumatic experience for him, but if he's smart, he can make more money than ever and be bigger than ever. Yeah, it's kind of like get punished for a couple months of your life and then... Fuck it. You know? <laughs> Put me in jail, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if, I, if, I'm, Depends, if I'm... Yeah, yeah if I'm set, if I know... Yeah, I'll do it, fuck it. I mean, Brittany Griner was on, like, what? What was her salary? Like, 100K a year as a WNBA yeah. player? Now you get out of jail and now you're making millions. Yeah. But did you see the trade that they made for her? No. Nah. For the merchant. So yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Merch, merchant of Death was <laughs> his nickname. Crazy. Unreal, but yeah, yeah you know, good for her. <laughs> um, so, I mean, last thing before we wrap it up, any chance that crazy story came to mind? Oh, fuck. Give me, give me a few seconds. I'm not good at coming up with um, stuff. That's crazy when you yeah. got to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely I crazy. I can't do it on the spot. Yeah. I'm really hard at, at doing stuff. On when the you spot. meet like all these celebrities and stuff, are they, are they cool dudes? Do you like them? Like, how does that go? Most, most guys are like a bit full of themselves. Most of them. It's very rare that you meet somebody that is down to earth and humble and modest. Mm. Um, because bro, like, what do you expect? I mean, it yeah. would happen to all of us. If you've got just people around you every single day that are, telling you how good you are and you're the best and it's kind of hard to get out of that and if your fame just stays the same you just have this god complex like yeah i, I know just behind the scenes of a lot of people that are super messed up and they'll never get out of that like i saw some messages the other day from um, one of my friends who was dming chris brown and it was just so random like i'm not gonna actually no i can't say this story yeah okay Fuck. Yeah. Okay. But, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of something else. We can edit here to to um No, no worries, yeah. bro. Take your time. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> got so many fucking stories. I'm trying to think of the best ones. You guys got any stories? I got asked the same thing. I did a podcast with my friends in Sweden and they were like, Tell us the craziest like party, whatever you've been through and I couldn't do it because it's just so hard when you have a lot and you don't really think about it on a daily basis, you know? I don't have anything with famous people or anything, really. Um, well, I'm yeah, not famous, but uh, when I was in Arizona one night, um, a bunch of, like, the TikToker kids were there, and I'm cool with one of the dudes behind the scenes that, you know, kind of just manages them. Yep. He's like, yo, come out to the club. And, right, you know, it's college town, so you just have that one street. It's called Mill. And went there, got hammered. And last thing I remember is right opposite it, you have West 6, which is like the main like apartment building that all the students live in. And uh, the owner of this club also had the penthouse there. And so we were going there. And the last thing I remember, I was a bit of a nuisance back then. You know, I was like, this needs to change. I remember walking, um, walking there and then the rest was just a blur. And I woke up the next day in the same apartment complex because my friend that I brought with me, he lived in there as well. But I woke up on the couch and I'm looking, you know, opposite the couch and I see like this fucking crazy looking couch that wasn't there before. I was like, yo, bro, when did you pick this up? I was like, this is fucking wild. He's like, you don't remember? I was like, what? He's like, you picked that shit up by yourself. It's like a three person couch. Obviously the elevator went straight to the penthouse. Walked it into the elevator and just jugged the couch, just completely taken. So that was uh, that was honestly one of my last where I was like, something needs to change. <laughs> something needs to change. And then Marco, one of my friends, goes and records, puts it in his YouTube video, and it got clipped. And I was still in Arizona. This is like a few days after it happened. Obviously, you know, you notice if a couch disappears from your apartment. Yeah. And this video has like half a million views. And I was like, bro, for fuck's sakes. Half a million views? Like uh, the clip on TikTok. And so, and it also 
gets pumped out to, you know, your geolocation, which was Arizona. So I, that's when I made the move to Houston. I was like, we got to get out of here now. And I fast tracked it a couple of weeks because that got out there real quick. So that was God damn. not good, bro. Crazy. I'll tell a story of one that I already posted. Okay. Have you seen that one? I don't know. Okay. It was, um, uh, about Jamie Foxx. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. I saw some. Should I yeah. tell it again? Yeah. Flip it again. Uh, so I was with the artist that I um I managed and I got a call on my on my phone and I answered the call and I used to get a lot of these random calls just I don't know how these people these high level people get numbers but apparently there's a way to get numbers so I got a call and I was like who is this and the the other line was like it's Jamie and I was like Jamie who and he's like Jamie Fox and I was like what the fuck like can you put your FaceTime on so I I can believe this so I, I see that it's Jamie Foxx and I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, I really want to meet Will. Can you guys come out to um, to where I am in Calabasas? So we end up going to Calabasas and he's in this like gym and they won't let us into this gym. So he comes out and he's like, why don't you guys just go wait at my house? Pulls out like 10 grand of like $100 bills and he's like, take some money for some snacks. We're like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, yeah, just go follow this this route and you'll go to my house. So we go to his house and... Um, we're waiting for hours for this guy to arrive, just like wandering through the house alone. <laughs> Fucking crazy experience. What the fuck? And then we, yeah, we go and he eventually comes back and we're just like sitting there and he's telling us all his, his celebrity stories and all his crazy um, things that has happened to him. And yeah, that was a wild experience. Like a proper That's crazy, A-list, yeah. yeah, experience. Because a lot of people have celebrity stories. Like I've met plenty of celebrities, yeah. but what have you actually done? You know, yeah. what what experiences have you had? And those I think are... I feel like when you get to that level, it's just fucking insane. Like yeah. some of the shit that you would have to like care about, you know, most people have never even heard of or thought of. And it's just like, it's a regular thing when you get to that level. Yeah. That's no, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Who gives a shit, bro? Like celebrities a person. Yeah, yeah. no, for I sure. End of the day, nothing has. in that matters. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, bro, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you, you know, you're obviously in a very good place in life. You've, you know, done some fucking crazy things, you know, becoming a millionaire at 16 is nuts. What advice would you have to anyone that, you know, might seem lost? You know, you're still working on finding your purpose. Yep. But, you know, any of the, the young dudes out there or women that are trying to, you know, I don't think many women listen to us. <laughs> but, you know, that are trying to, you know, it, you know, achieve something and they don't really have a path. I think that if you have come into life at an early age and you believe that you have some sort of skill or purpose, like mine was music, I think everybody has something you should listen to what your intuition is telling you about that and to follow down that path. Because whatever your true purpose is, if you follow it and you chase it and you, you're hardworking and you dedicate yourself, the money's going to come no matter what. But if you're going to go down another path where it's just about money and it's just about hustling and it's just about, I need to get all these things for no reason, you're never going to be happy. So yeah. I try to tell everybody, make sure that you go and find your purpose because everything will come to you from that. Well said. Unreal. Bro, how do you, uh, after I saw the picture, this last thing I promise and I'm going to shut up. How do you know uh, Charles Oliveira, bro? I remember seeing that one on your Instagram and I was like, oh, yeah. joke. That's crazy, yeah. yeah. Um, I've become friends with a few of the UFC fighters. I think you just sort of like meet them through other ones. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But that guy, like, he's a fucking nice guy. Yeah, he seems, seems very chill, bro. He's a good guy. Yeah. Unreal. Uh, that's dope. But yeah, man, we're rounding up. Yeah, you got, you got anything else you want to add? 
You want to really, plug man. your socials or anything, bro? Yeah, drop your socials. Anything else you want to say? Uh, follow me, Julian Petroulis, on Instagram. Um, you nah, started Twitter, right? I started Twitter, but fuck, that's hard to, to keep up. Yeah. Hard, yeah. you got to be super creative all the time with... I don't know how you do it, bro, but... I yeah. fucking you pick up the it. shit. It's so stupid. <laughs> I'll, I'll follow you after this. But yeah, after this, I think all of us need to just go crazy with YouTube. It's the only way to, to like get people to the other platforms. Yeah, it's very, I mean, now with Reels, okay, you're starting to get momentum again, but... TikTok, yeah. bro. TikTok as well, yeah. Um, but YouTube is the way to really like become something... You can blow up on TikTok, you can blow up on Instagram, but what does it convert to? I've seen people with millions of TikTok followers and they can't convert it to Instagram or they can't convert it to being a brand name. So I feel like if you can crack it on YouTube, then the rest just follow. Yeah. yeah. Like, sure. Look at streamers. Like streamers have now become bigger than musicians. It yeah. used to be cheesy to be a YouTuber. It used yeah. to be cheesy to be a streamer. And now they're fucking cooler than rappers. 100%. So yeah, we got to blow up on YouTube, boys. Easy. All right, bro. Well, uh, that was a fucking by far one of my favorite parts of ever. Sure. Done. Thank uh, you very much for coming. Well, yeah, stuff, appreciate it, bro. Learns a lot, and uh, yeah, you thank gotta, you so much. You got to take me to the gym, yeah. Get some. Yeah, easy, yeah, bro. Get to the gym in the week. No issue, bro. Hey, thank you, boys. Thank you, man. All right, boys. Thank you for listening. Um, we will be back hopefully next week. Uh, like, subscribe, all that good shit, and uh, catch you next time. See you.